0: You know, one of the things that you see is you'll see um you'll see that the Lord really wants to increase you and he really wants to bless you. Um how would how many people how many people would like to have a uh you know, for your personal budget uh $500,000 a year for your personal budget? Would that would that bless you? Yeah. I thought I thought I might get some agreement on that. Um, just just thought if I threw that out there, it'd probably be okay. But uh, one of the things that you see is this: is uh, here's the issue. What if you had a five hundred thousand budget, five hundred thousand dollar budget? Everybody agrees you'd, that wouldn't be too bad. Um, but what if you made uh, ten million? Would you still be happy with five hundred thousand dollar budget, and the other nine and a half million go to the kingdom of God? See the issue is see when I just told you the five hundred thousand, you were happy, but when I told you you were making ten and you only had five hundred thousand then our our logical fleshly mind goes, oh, wait a minute now. See, the issue is God wants to overflow you in such a way that there's plenty for you and the kingdom of God. And so why are we why are we settled to just keep believing for what we have been believing for? You know? Uh, when we actually say, well, we, we're doing all right, we have enough and we have faith within us but we're not stretching our faith to grow and increase, we're actually being selfish in that moment. You have the ability to do something, but you're not doing it with it. And so God wants to take us higher. It is our year of increase. Many people have a problem with increase uh, because they're like, well, they're just believing God for increase. Of course we're believing God for increase. We have, we have a very specific parable that actually shows us increase. Do that. You know? Don't bury what you have. And so for us not to believe God for increase is actually unbiblical in that way. God wants you to increase. But we have to understand what it's going to look like when God increases us. He doesn't care if you you know, He doesn't care if you've got a hundred million dollars flowing through your hands every single year. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care if it's a billion. He doesn't care. Doesn't care a bit. I had a, heard a story recently. Uh, a guy that I know uh, pretty close, and uh, he's sitting there. He went to a meeting, and he's sitting there. And there's a guy just talking to him. He's talking to him just like him. He said he found out later this dude's a billionaire. Just sitting there talking. It's not hard for God to get stuff to you. It's not hard for for the Lord to increase you. But the issue is, are we settled in our heart to increase the way God wants us to increase? This this is an important thing. Are we settled in our heart to increase the way God wants to increase us? And what what would we do with it? Dr. Rodney tells a story about a guy. He said uh, he came into one of the meetings. God gives him an idea. And uh, he, he started making $500 million a year from that, uh, that God idea. When I say one word received on one day of preaching can change your life forever, it's not a theory. <laughs> it's not a theory. One word received. One word Received. On one day of preaching can change your life forever. Right? So one of the things that you see is this is that God wants you, God wants you to be blessed, but we have to get in position to receive it. We've been in a series, it's not what we're talking about today, I don't believe, but we've been in a series called The Two Parts of Life, and one of the first parts, part one is receive love from God. Part two is give love back to God. And there's a lot surrounding that, and you'll see that a lot in the American church have had that messed up. But we've got to get in the position to receive. So how can God give you a plan to go have that kind of increase financially. And see, finances is just a symbol of all the other increase. You can increase in your love. You can increase in the anointing. I'm constantly believing that the anointing flow the anointing can do it. The issue is can I get in a place where, where I can allow the anointing to flow at its full capacity. So it's not the anointing that's being that, that is held back. or or that's weak. It's, can I let the will of God flow through me? And so I'm constantly asking the Lord and seeking Him and hungering for Him to flow in more anointing so that when people stand in front of me, they get healed, they get delivered, they have increase in their life, they, they have what they need, they see the love of God. I'm believing God for an anointing that draws people to salvation. When I give an altar call, people just are moved by the Holy Ghost and empowered by Him, an anointing to draw people to a life-saving Savior. Right? I'm believing God for that always to increase. I started out with a little, and I just kept believing God for more and more and more and more. And that should be every single one of us. Every one of us should say, Lord, let me be do more and more for your kingdom. So this guy's sitting there in the meeting, and Dr. Rodney is talking to him, and or or the Lord gives him a plan in it. And uh Dr. Rodney gets stuck in a city because of some weather. And they shut down the commercial flights, but he had to go somewhere, and it was okay for them to take off, but they had to do it now. So he runs into this guy who's got his own personal jet. And he says, here, you'll get on my jet. I'll take you home. They get on the jet. They start talking. They said, you know what? He's, he said, I am now making $500 million a year. And, and Dr. Ryan's like, praise the Lord. I mean, would you all praise the Lord there? Would would that get you on your feet, you know, and and, and shouting and hallelujah and (laughs) would that that change a little bit? Yeah. All right. And uh, he's making 500 million off an idea. And God's going to give many people ideas in this time. What we're talking about today is how everything you need is within your grasp. How everything you need is within your grasp. And, and I'll tell you why we're there in a minute, but I got to get back to the story about the dude with the 500 million. So all of a sudden, he starts telling Dr. Rodney, yep, yeah, yep, he said, I'm making this. Last year, I gave $5 million to the church. I gave $5 million to the church. And he was saying it like he was, like he was proud of it, you know. He was saying it like, I mean, think about that. If somebody walked in and gave $5 million to the church, you're going to see a happy pastor. I mean, I was in joy, but now you're going to see happy, right? (laughs) I mean, because we can do a lot. We can win a bunch of souls, you know, buy land. We can do a lot of stuff. So I can have my joy, but somebody walks in and does that, you're going to see happy, all right? Now, here's the issue. Dr. Rodney said... Brother, he said, that's great. He said, but you're 45 million short of the tithe. You're 45 million short of the tithe. Forget about the offerings because in Malachi it doesn't just say you stole the tithe. It says tithes and offerings, so you can steal offerings as well. And the guy he laid back in his private jet that the Lord had given him an idea that made him the money to pay for it. He laid back, took his took his uh, you know eye, what what do you call those eye covers and and he took them down and covered his eyes and laid back and went to sleep. He didn't want to hear that. See the issue is many times if you don't do it when it's small, you won't do it when it's great. And think about that. Think about that. I've got 500 million dollars. But think about this, making 500 million in a year, have you just think about what it would take inside of you to write a check for 50 million dollars. It's like, I mean, think about think about that. If you had 50 million what it would take to let go of 50 million. See, if you don't have that at a small level, you're not going to have it at a big level. What does it take to let go of? And so you've got to understand God wants to increase us, but he can't increase us outside of his way and at last. In order for it to to be proper and last... You've got to get to the place where you understand God's the one who gave me this. I'm honoring him. The tithe is holy to him. It's his in that way. Lord, I don't mind. See, that, that guy, may, I, don't, I don't care that he lives off of 100 million, 200 million, 400 million. I don't care about that. But here's the thing is, are we understanding where the blessing comes from? And are we willing to get into his stream? God can't put somebody in a place that will have ongoing increase if they won't understand that at the small level. At the small level. And that's how how God does it. He puts everything within our grasp. So now I see why he had me tell that story. Everything you have, everything you need is within our grasp. Say that right now. Just take your hands out. Take a look at them. And just say this with me. Say, God God has put put everything everything I need need within my grasp. grasp. Last night, uh, as I was sleeping, I'm always praying on Saturday, seeking the will of the Lord. We're in that series on the two parts of life. And maybe this goes with it some, but what I kept hearing for this morning, for everybody who's here, for everybody who's watching online... What I kept hearing for this morning is everything that you need is within your grasp. Everything you need. I want you to think right now, what are some things that you need? Do you need need help walking holy? Do you need healing? Do you need provision in your life? Do you need protection? Do you need life to just become more full? What is it that you need? Do you, need, do you need discipline in your life? Like, I, you know, I love God, but oh my goodness, I've, I've, I've struggled so much continuing doing the right things. Do we need discipline? What is it that you need? Everything that you need is within your grasp. The issue is, and, and the verse that keeps coming up is, if you will be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Many people have been obedient over time at one issue or another. A lot of times it hasn't been ongoing, but many, I would say, have not been willing while they were doing it. You know, even even in the offering, it's kind of like this. It's like, oh, yes, Lord, I just praise you. I worship you. I. Uh, and if you could see their mind and their heart, they're like, and I... Uh, you know, it... it if you could they don't do that, but in their mind and in their heart, they get there and it's like uh, imagine that was a $50 million check like what we were talking about before. That's a chunk of change. Some people will work all their life and never see one million. You're gonna throw 50 of them in an offering at one time because God bless you. You, you gotta understand that's a big chunk of change. But not to the Lord. Not to the Lord. See, and that's where you might be obedient, but are you willing? That's what's holding back a lot of people's harvest. They're sowing, but they're not truly in all of their heart willing. They'll do it. They're obedient, but they're not happy about it. (laughs) Not inside. Brother Hagin had had a story one time, and uh, man, finances weren't coming in, and and he was out on the road. And you know, some of these guys really plowed the ground for us to, for it to be easier to spread the gospel. Brother Hagan, Earl Roberts, Brother Copeland. You see these guys, they, when they used to say God is good, people would lob rocks at them. Now we sing songs about it. It's the goodness of God. And, and, and it's good to talk about that. Actually, people have taken that so much into a ditch that God's so good that they're telling people you can sin again. So they've gone way too far, and you can see why some people fought about going that direction, but they were trying to get people to do good by the law and by legalism, not because of the goodness of God leads men to repentance. And so we needed a revelation of the goodness of God. And when they used to tell people that God was good, they would throw them out of churches. And you don't really see that anymore. They broke through. They plowed that ground. They they took the hard ground. They they picked up the sticks. They, they broke the rocks loose and piled them up. They broke through those things and made... Where ground was hard, they made it ready to receive the seed of the word that God's a good God. That God's a good We can stand here today and say, God's a good God. People will be online, they'll shout, you know, they'll be enjoying when when say, it's your year of increase. And we go, woohoo, not everybody's right with it. That was almost like, I never was a cheerleader, but woohoo. All right, so that was pretty good. Twice, yeah. And uh, God, you know, you can say God's a good God. You got people that'll actually shout about it. But it wasn't always like that. And so you had people. Brother Hagan would—he was you know ministering, and most of the time they didn't. In in those days, you had a minister come to town. You didn't put him in a hotel. That generally took too much money, and the church was poor because they didn't believe God was a good God. They didn't believe in, by faith, receiving an abundance and walking in that overflow. Living in the overflow. I'm wondering if y'all are with me at all this morning. Living in the overflow. Amen. Amen. They didn't believe in that. They believed in order to be humble, you had to be poor. And that's not true. That's not true at all. That's why even on our vision it says living in abundance. That's not just talking about money. It's talking about abundance of everything. The anointing, mental health, spiritual health, joy of the Lord in overflow, protection. Finances, everything. We're living in the overflow. We're living in abundance. It's our year of increase. Matter of fact, every year is a year of increase. He just highlighted it this year. He just highlighted it. But then you have to see you gotta have somebody, you know, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So, in order to actually step out of lack and over into the victory, there's got to be somebody that reaches out with their faith and says, It is my year of increase. It is my year of increase. We've, you gotta have people that'll say, say, I'm not sitting still. No, no, I'm not sitting well, you know, with my hand on my hands like I'm sitting on my face faith. I'm not just sitting here like this and never using my faith. I'm not burying my talents. No! I'm going to use my faith. I'm going to put works behind my faith. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be obedient and willing. Brother Hagen's there and <laughs> Jesse DePlantis tells a story of being in a preacher's house one time and he wakes up and there's a rat sitting on his, sitting on his chest looking at him in his eyes when he turns the light on. I mean, that'll keep you in the anointing flow, right? <laughs> Can you imagine? You prayed the night before, prayed and fasted, studied the Word. You're getting up in the morning to deliver a message. And in the middle of the night, you just feel like, Oh, Lord, is that you? Click. Yeah. And there's a rat sitting on your chest. I imagine the Shondakai's they heard in the pastor's bedroom was not what they thought it was. It wasn't Jesse getting holy. I, I imagine that was him running around the room trying to kill that rat. There's guys that broke the ground. That broke ground on these things. And should. You see it even in the Old Testament. What did the, What did the lady do? She said, This is a man of God that keeps coming by here. I'm going to make him a prophet's chamber. Took their own money just to build him a room so that when, if, and when he passed by Ed somewhere to say, That's God. You can see it's God because through that whole process, what happens to her? Through that process, God blesses her with a child, raises the child. Eventually, the same lady, there was a drought, she was repaid everything she lost in that drought. There there are some people in here, you've lost some things over the years. You're going to receive it all back. Receive the years and the wages that the canker worm has stolen. God's about to repay. But see, He does that to people that are honorable. They get in His ways. They get in His ways, not their ways. They step out of their ways and get in His ways. They do it His way. Not only are they obedient, but they're willing. Oh, glory to God. So Brother Hagin's on the road and not much is happening and all of these, you know, all, you know, his finances are short. He believes he's a man of faith, but finances are not there. He went to that verse. He says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. He said, Lord, I'm not eating the good of the land. He said, this is wrong. This should not be. I'm your child. So what's he doing? He's reaching out with his faith on that. He's putting faith on that promise. And he's saying, I'm I'm unwilling to sit here and let this continue to be normal. I'm unwilling to allow lack to continue to be normal. It's not normal. He said, no, I should be eating the good of the land. I should be eating the good of the land. God spoke to him. He said, "You're talking about a promise you don't qualify for." He said, "I don't qualify for." It. He said, "Yeah, you're obedient." He said, "But you're not willing." He said, "Let me tell you, I got willing, and real quick, within just a few seconds, he said, I, I searched my heart and I got willing.'" You know what does that look like for us? Well. It, it, you know, in tithes and offerings, it's really easy to make an example there. But, but how about this? Willing and obedient. How about this? You, uh, the Lord is telling you, you know, let me just say that anytime I say something like this, <laughs> sometimes you need a disclaimer. Here's a disclaimer. <laughs> it's not talking about you, I don't think. Matter of fact, since I'm not talking about you, let me look at you. Sometimes you need a disclaimer. Because this is not, I'm talking about the heart of the whole body. I'm talking about the whole body getting willing and obedient. You have, you know, it's like, let, let me give you an idea. Sometimes when we take vacation, the devil comes on and condemns us, right? Anytime you take vacation, you should probably do a couple of things. Number one, you should seek the Lord on it. Don't just go because you felt like going. Don't just go because it can be the wrong place. Several years ago, uh, Barrett and George, where's George? George back there. They had their anniversary coming up. And uh, actually, their anniversary is next Sunday, right? Happy anniversary. Amen. So a few years ago, they had their anniversary. Which anniversary was it? The very first anniversary. That's one you want to celebrate. Would you agree? That's one you want to celebrate. And uh, it's their very first anniversary, and they had learned that I, as as their pastor, carry an anointing to oversee their life. There's an anointing there. There's a supernatural ability. And they realized that, and they had learned that, and so they planned a getaway on their their very first anniversary. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, everybody's like, I don't know how to answer that. I feel like we're going somewhere, you're setting me up, and I'm just going to be quiet. I get that. I understand it. Nothing's wrong with that unless you haven't sought the Lord on it. Unless you haven't done it His way. Everything is within our grasp. But only if we do it His way. So one of His ways is to have somebody in our life that has an anointing, a God-given supernatural anointing for oversight. Right? And so there's nothing wrong. I'm, as a pastor, I'm thrilled for them to be on vacation. I'm thrilled for them to go celebrate that. It makes me even happy, although I never like people being out of the house of God. If God has let it, I'm happy they get to be away. I'm happy that they're out of town. Go to church while you're there. Assemble, that's a command. Now, but I'm happy for that. I'm not upset by that at all, unless they didn't check with God. Unless they didn't do it His way. Well, they had prayed about it. They had, they had nothing that came up. They were planning this, this vacation. They were, uh, isn't, Weren't you planning on going to the same place that you took your honeymoon? So they're going back to their honeymoon on their first vacation. Man, sounds great, right? Now, why would God stop that? Why would God be against that? Well, let me tell you why he would be against that. So in the middle of their planning, they had learned, we have somebody who has oversight and has an anointing. And so they just said, they said, Pastor, we just wanted to check with you before we set this date. And as soon as they said that, this was really weird for me. I'd not had it happen this way. But as soon as they told me the date and their plans, I went, I got to check against that. I don't know why. Now, do I want to tell them you can't go to your honeymoon place on your first anniversary? No, I don't want to tell them. But I had to tell them what the Holy Spirit told me. I got to check on that. I have no idea why, but it's not sitting well with me. Now, they have a moment right at the, they have a decision to make. And Think about the willingness and obedience there. Okay, are we going to be obedient? But that's one question, because most people, most people in the American church, was, I don't care what Pastor said. First of all, most people would never ask. They wouldn't have stepped into God's ways, but watch what stepping into God's ways did for them. Most people would never ask, because they don't know this system. Of God, But here's the other thing. They don't know that. They would have never asked. But if I would have told them that, I'd be like, it is our first anniversary where we took our honeymoon. How dare he tell us he doesn't think it's a good idea. So most people would have win anyway. They wouldn't have been obedient, and they surely wouldn't have been willing. And I know you were obedient. I don't know about the willingness part. I don't know if we've actually talked about that, but... You, you were still obedient. I remember that part. You were pretty willing? Pretty willing. You had a moment? That's good, though, to tell people that. They, they had a moment with it. They're like, I don't know about that. I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like pastor right now. <laughs> the other day, I feel like I got five stories open, and I'm trying to close them all. But here's another one. The other day we were out, And Buddy and I were talking about something. And watch this. He said, I can tell I'm off on this because of the way my flesh is reacting to what you're saying. Ding, ding, ding. There's some wisdom right there. That was very wise. Very wise. Took me years to get there. Took me years. Anyway, all right, that story's closed. (laughs) All right, back to this story. Here it is. And... uh, Oh, let me close another one. And Brother Hagin, when he got willing and obedient, all the finances started flowing like nothing was ever wrong. There. That's another one closed. All right, good. I feel like we're checking the box. Like I'm feeling very successful today. All right, good. All right, now, this, here we are. They go. <laughs> they go for all the OCD people. I'm, like, making you happy right now. All right. But you're not OCD people because we don't confess that. So... You're the healed of the Lord. You're not under pressure to anything. You are at rest in Jesus' name. But for the people that used to and still have a temptation, every now and then to go back, I'm helping you. All right, so now, (laughs) this is fun. So they were like, I don't like that Pastor said that. This is our first anniversary. We want to go where, where our honeymoon is. We want to go to where our honeymoon is on our first anniversary, and we want to celebrate again. But pastors got a check. I'm not saying they said it like that, but I've heard that inside myself when my pastors told me certain things. But pastor, I don't know why, but I just have a check. That's the way it was. I don't know why. They got willing and obedient did not go to that place, rescheduled and went at a different time. Yeah. Guess what was going on that week? A hurricane came in and flooded the whole town. Yeah. They would have been in the middle. Think about that. They'd had to go through all. Think about Just think about the headache yeah. of trying. Most places don't cover that stuff. If weather comes in, your money's out. They would have either lost money or had to deal, just deal with the issue of trying to get it back. Yeah. Right? That in itself. And That was it. I didn't know that. I didn't know what was going to ha- happen in the weather. I just know when they asked me, and a lot of times when people ask me, I've got nothing. Sometimes I got something. This time I had something. And it was, don't do that. Yeah. Why would pastor tell us not to go to our honeymoon on our first anniversary? He is just so rude. Who does he think he is? You know, the devil will have you thinking thoughts like that. Oh, he's just your loving pastor that wants you to be blessed, but he had a check that you're not going to be blessed when you go do that for some reason. What if a hurricane didn't come in that week? What if that wasn't the issue, but everything was hunky-dory until that dude ran the stoplight and nailed you? So we don't know all that stuff. That's why we have the Holy Ghost to figure some of these things out. And when you get into God's ways, it helps. So my whole point in telling that story... All right, closed. All right, so my whole point in telling that story is I don't mind people being gone at all, but I know from experience and from the Word of God, there are some things that God will share that will put you always in the right place at the right time doing the right thing can you say blessings? I don't want to be in the right place at the right time doing the wrong thing. I don't want to be in the right place but at the wrong time doing the right thing. I want to be I want to have all all that lined up and just walk in the blessings of God and the overflow of God. God puts that stuff in our grasp, within our reach. The issue is, are we obedient to him and his ways and willing? Because if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. I want to eat the good of the land. You know what happens when you get blessed and you start eating the good of the land? Other people are looking on Oh, I see him blessed. How'd he get blessed? How how did that blessing happen? What did he do to get blessed? I want to be blessed like him. He looks sharp in that suit. That's a nice tie. It matches so well. How did he get blessed? Nice shoes. Ooh, right. What happened, the Word actually tells us that God gets glory when his people walk in those blessings. The Word shows us that God gets the glory. Now, of course, if somebody says, you're so blessed. And he goes, oh, thank you. I worked for that. I made that $500 million myself. Now, see, he's taking God's glory. He's not, he's not giving honor where honor is due. The whole design is for God to put his glory on you and for people to see that glory and say, what is going on with you? What, how did you get to this place? And you say, let me tell you what I did. I have an inheritance. I have an inheritance. I have a wealthy benefactor. He gives me all of the wisdom I need. He tells me what stocks to buy or cryptocurrencies right at the right time and tells me right when to sell them too. He, he gives me ideas for businesses and it overflows me. Well, what's his name? Can I, can I, get, can I be a part of that too? You sure can. His name is Jesus. And through him, he was the first of many brethren. And I just got to become a brethren. And when I did, I became a part of the family of God. I became a child of God. I'm a child of his love. I'm a child of God. And I have an inheritance. Lord will show me how to be in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And the blessings of God just keep pouring out. Like Brother Keith Moore said, instead of walking down Brokeville Avenue and and Destitute Lane, you start walking down Blessing, Blessing Street and Overflow Avenue, right? You start walking into the place. You start going to those cities and staying in those places in your life where the blessing of God just pours out on you. Healingville. Amen. Prosperity City. Healed. Healed. Blessed. In overflow. Amen. Increase Boulevard. That's the road you're running your race on. That's it this year. Increase Boulevard. That's your road this year. Are you you willing and obedient and putting faith on it to be who God's called you to be? It's within our grasp within our grasp. The reason I said that was to give you a disclaimer. I don't mind people I don't mind people being gone on vacation, but I do mind if they're there and they didn't check with the Lord. The Lord should be our source and our supply on anything. So when I hear that somebody just decided to go on vacation but they didn't they didn't go after it God's way, they're out of line with the will of God. And I know over time that hurts them. And as a pastor, I don't want them hurt. I say that to say this. As a a disclaimer, there's things. How do we get willing and obedient? We can look at it easy in the offering. but, But what about this? Where does it meet our life? Okay, I want to be willing. How many people want to be willing and obedient? You want to be willing and obedient? Okay. But now watch this. I understand disclaimer, I understand that there's some days you got stuff going on that doesn't bother me every now and then that's not a problem, but when it's consistent over time or consistent in a body, now we have an issue we you know okay, I just missed it one time. That's no big deal that's no big deal at all to me. all right, fine, okay, you had something going on you you had a flat tire you you know, the baby, you know, you went to get them ready for church or whatever, and their diaper just, ooh, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, it was a special day. I get that. I get that. But watch this. Where does willing and obedient come? How many people want the things of God? But we have to be willing and obedient. So what does that look like for us? Well, Psalms 92, first of all, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says God has placed the members in the body. So being willing and obedient, and you're going to wonder why I said that about the diaper and the flat tire in a second. I'll come back around to it. It's an open story. I'm coming to it. All right. If we're willing and obedient, we're not going to the church that our kids like. We're not going to the church that our family went to for 40 years. No, we're not going to that. We're not going to the logical decision, the emotional decision, to the decision that makes the most sense. We're going to the place that God told us to go. Yeah. He said, be here. And you know what you're going to find in that place? You're going to find that you're not always right. If you're going to a real church with a real pastor, you're going to find out you got some stuff to work on. you got some stuff to work on. Well, Joy! What does that mean? That means where I've been, I can go higher. That means God loves me enough to not leave me alone. God wants to take... See, I don't ever see correction. You always have to see in, uh, correction as increase. Because God's saying, what was your last season, you can break through. Break through it because I'm showing you a new way. I'm showing you a new way. I'm showing you a new way. So God's going to take you. It says he disciplines those that he loves. So you come to a real church, you're not going to feel good every Sunday in your flesh. You might not feel good right now. I don't know. Maybe that's why the Lord told me. You're not going to feel good in your flesh every Sunday. Now your spirit will love it. But A lot of people, honestly, a lot of times we've been very bad at listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to our spirit. and We've been very good at listening to what our flesh is saying. We've been very good at that, and we've got to readjust that and so you go to a church it's going it's going to take you it's going to stretch you it's going to grow you it's going to take you the, a good church the holy Spirit will utilize a pastor in the church and and it'll put it'll put the Holy Ghost will put his finger right on the issue that your flesh doesn't like like you are getting on my nerves, the holy Ghost is like i know I know, because I love you. He's not trying to cause you pain. He's trying to remove the thing that's causing you pain. See, actually, if you'll deal with this, this thing will be crucified and dead. You won't feel this anymore, and you'll stop reacting to it. But see, we have to allow that to happen. We can't, see, God doesn't just come in and be like, oh, thank you so much for coming into my family, and let me just whip you into (laughs) shape. And then we're like, ah, walking in the glory for the rest of our lives. That's not the way it works. No, he makes us a new creation in him. Then he gives us faith to utilize. And then he talks about it in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. He says, renew your mind to the washing of the water of the word in Ephesians. And then in Romans 12, 1, 2, it says, and don't be conformed to the world, but you be transformed... We know to the word of God, to his ways, to his thinking, and then you'll prove the will of God out. In other words, when we say, hey, here is the place. Watch this. We say, hey, here is the place right here where if you'll come to it and give yourself to it and be obedient to get here and willing to let it change you right here, your life will be changed forever. And, and you will be blessed, 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 increased. And he says, this is the place. This is the place. Yeah. Now see, y'all are doing right now what most Christians do. And I don't want everybody to flock up here, but this is what most of us do. We amen, we, we hallelujah message, and we say, oh, isn't that a nice, look at that, that's a nice place. Oh my goodness, look at that. That looks so good. But you know what we don't do? Come and get in the place. And you're trying to be obedient and not rush me. I understand that. I don't want 100 people rushing me at this point. But there's got to be, yeah, there's got to be somebody that says, I'm going to come get in that place. Okay, thank you. Thank you. There's got to be, no, y'all did good. There's got to be somebody that says, I will not sit still. I'm unwilling to not go forward, I'm unwilling to not change my way of thinking. I'm unwilling. Everything we need is within our grasp. Everything we need. So what does willingness and obedience look like? It looks like this is we wake up on Sunday morning and and I just don't I'm not feeling it, so we're like moving slow, moving slow. See First Corinthians 12:18 says, "God has placed the members in the body, uh, Psalm 92 in verse 13 and 14. Around there it says it says that if we're planted in the house of the Lord, we'll flourish in the courts of heaven. How many people want to flourish? But that means you've got to be planted the promises to the planted. So the first thing is you've got to be in the right place at the right church, and it's not necessarily the one that my flesh likes. Matter of fact, your flesh shouldn't like that church because the flesh and the spirit are always in disagreement. So your flesh shouldn't like it. And a lot of, you got a lot of people all over America. They're in the wrong church for the wrong reasons. Their flesh likes it. Well, they have the best coffee, they got donuts. My kids love it. That's not a reason, that's not a biblical reason. This is a biblical reason. My flesh hates that place. That'd be a great shirt. My flesh hates my church. People that understand would get it. My flesh hates my church. That's a good church. I'm not saying that we're being hard on your flesh just to be hard. I mean, we could take all the seats out and turn the AC off. Lock the, bathroom, lock the bathroom doors. All of us meet in the foyer. I mean, if we were just trying to irritate the flesh, there's a lot of things we could do. But that's not the point. The point is to deal with our flesh on a spiritual level. And when we run up against something that our flesh doesn't like, we deal with it. We get willing and obedient to put the flesh down, transform ourselves. So you're getting up on Sunday morning and, and all of a sudden, obedience is, hey, if I'm going to be planted in a place, then I'm, you know, Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, in other words, that seed has to die to the vision of the field. I can't bring my own vision, my own wants, and my own fleshly desires into the field and truly be planted. If if that's the case, I'm just a seed on top of the ground with my own vision, but I'm not planted. And therefore, if I'm not planted in the right place, I'm not flourishing. So a question that should be in all of our mind is, how can I further the vision of the house? How can I further the vision Because without furthering the vision and giving giving of myself to further the vision of the church that I'm planted in, I'm not going to flourish. So see, everything's within our grasp. And you know what? It's not even hard if we actually just look to Jesus and pull our strength and that grace from him. But we don't know that that's what we're supposed to do. And so we just say, that sounds too hard. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. I feel like I'm all up in people's wheelhouse right now and I'm not even really fully there yet. I'm like, do I go this next step or you know? But how that should be that should be a question that all of us should be asking. Lord, how do I further the vision of this house? You saw people this week. I mean, look at this. I mean, this is awesome. This looks amazing. You had people working all week to make Brighten up the stage, give it a new look and everything. It looks amazing. I'm just so pleased. Somebody painted the handrails over the past couple of weeks, and uh, that made me really happy. That's a special one to me for a certain reason. They painted the fellowship hall. They're replacing the windows over here that were uh, broken out in the youth fellowship. Man, there's been people that have been doing stuff all the last couple of weeks. And what is that? That's taking of their own time and making the vision of the house their vision. Their vision. Let me me ask you another question. If if we're starting church, if we're starting church, and it starts at 10 o'clock, and at 10 o'clock, the only people sitting in the sanctuary are the guests. Just letting that simmer a little bit. We'll flip it in a minute. (laughs) Where'd the hallelujahs go? I'm teaching you how to flourish. I'm teaching you how to flourish. And and before, just listen, if you came in and you weren't here at 10 o'clock in the sanctuary today... I'm not talking about you. I don't even know who was here and who wasn't. I don't know. (laughs) She said, I'm here. (laughs) And I'm happy about it. That was awesome. Congratulations again, you guys. She's beautiful. But here's the thing, and are we actually given to the vision if we're not actually here to love on the guests that do come in when they get here? Are we, are we planted in that way? See, it's got to be, I was asking the Lord how to bring this up. I didn't know it would be through the message, but you can see how the Lord led it here. See, a lot of times we're not eating the good of the land because we're not given to God's vision we're not given to God's vision. I'm not I'm not talking about I'm not talking about any one specific person. I'm talking about us as a body. There's some things we need to grow in. There's some things we need to grow in. If it's a house of love, people should feel that love and they should they should feel it before they even get in the doors. They should feel it. They should be welcomed with arms of God's love. They should they should feel like they're in the right place. Why? Because we don't know where their flesh is. Maybe they're all super spiritual and very mature, and they walk in, and they just they got it together, and they're like, I know this is my place. I don't care what anybody does. That is not the majority of people. majority of people, when they show up at church, they're looking for something because life has been broken. They're there because they're hungry, and they need people that will, that will bond together with them. Bind themselves and bear the burdens of one another. And Hebrews says, encouraging one another all the more. We talked about it this last week in our leadership uh, when we were planning out the next year. One of the things that we said is, never should there be guests sitting in an ancient, in an empty sanctuary without all of us knowing who they are and what their name is and spending time with them in fellowship. And that should be not just the leaders, that should be all of us. But see, here's the thing, what gets in the way of that? Life. The flesh. But we've got to plan differently. See, if I'm going to take the vision of the house on myself and I'm going to flourish and I'm going to see those, I've got to plan differently. I've got to plan differently. Maybe I have to get up an extra 15 minutes or an extra 30 minutes ahead of time. But you see, this is, and, and you think, well, I just, I am so tired. I don't feel like getting up. You're looking at the flesh instead of looking at the power that God can give you. The power that God can give you. I went, it was interesting on the way back, we were, um, we had our advance this past week in Pigeon Forge. And Chris sold me this crazy idea of driving my motorcycle up there. And uh, <laughs> so I drove it up there and and uh, didn't really get to drive it many places. It was supposed to rain all week, and it was raining yesterday on the way home. And it's like it's if you just drive it straight in a car without stopping, it's about four hours and 15 minutes. On a motorcycle, you have to stop, you, or I have to. He might be really good at it, but... Um, I have, to, I have to stop about every hour and a half. But the issue is, Saturday, when you looked at the weather report, rain <laughs> in the mountains and 40-something degrees, and I've never done that before, and it's new to me, and uh, it was Chris's idea. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Thank you for telling me. Actually, I wanted to experience that. I wanted to go through some of that stuff. Although that's not what it was calling for at the beginning of the week, because I knew I'd learn and I'd grow. And one thing I learned is where, what temperature I can normally operate at. What do I need for it, and all that. I learned a whole lot of stuff this week about that, which I'm really happy about. But the issue is now. I want you to see this. We had we had a good week, but semi-long week, and I don't know why. Probably because the milkshake place we went to on. Friday afternoon jacked me up and uh <laughs> Saturday night about midnight I'm like this <laughs> or, or Friday night but I got to get up Saturday morning so the only thing that I could do the only thing that I could do that I look looking at the weather report I sent Chris I said help me know how to think through this exactly I said it says rain all day, and it's, it's going to be from basically Pigeon Forge all the way to Asheville, which is an hour and a half to two hours depending on traffic and everything, and it's going to rain beyond Asheville. It may still be cloudy, but it looks like the rain stops, but it looks like all it does is get more and more intense throughout the day. Like I could wait till the afternoon, but then you're talking about a six, five- to six-hour drive at night Uh, And I may still get wet. The only thing I see is that it may start about 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock in the morning. And if I can get in front of it, I might not get wet. And so then, if I leave at that time. But here's the problem with 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock in the morning. It's 1 o'clock and I'm awake. And I'm I'm like wide awake at 1 o'clock. And now I've got this drive coming. I don't want to be tired, and I don't want to drink 20 cups of coffee because then i got to stop more and get wet on the, you know, at each stop. So there's, you know, there's some logistics that are in the way. I was like, I need, I need supernatural wisdom, and I need supernatural strength. Now, my, you know, our thoughts are, man, if you go to bed at 1 or 2 o'clock, if you go to bed at 1 or 2 o'clock and get up at 6, you're going to be tired. Right? Doesn't doesn't logic say that? See, here's the issue with the things of God. Everything's within our grasp that we need. But our flesh is not always going to agree with that. Our flesh is not always going to agree with that. He says in First Corinthians ten, he says, "Hold on, hey, look, notes. Wow, who put those there?" He says in John nineteen thirty, he's. Jesus says this, it's finished. Everything we need is finished. Everything we need is finished. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 shows us no temptation has overtaken you, but such as common to man. And God is faithful. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. What that means is this. Anything we face, we wouldn't be facing if God wouldn't help us in it. That means everything I need to face it, I have it available to me. Now, I may need to do some things, but it's within my grasp. And then 2 Corinthians 2.14 but thanks be unto God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. So not only if we find ourselves in a situation, I already know God has made me able in it. and He's not just leading me uh, to barely survive, He's taking me to triumph. In order to get to triumph, i got to take him by the hand. But if I take him by the hand, everything is within my grasp. You see, the things that you need are in the hand of Jesus. All I have to do is take him by the hand. I just have to take him by the hand. Now, this is a very practical thing. The story I'm telling you with a motorcycle, does it sound spiritual? But yet it is. Yet it is. I said, Lord, I went to bed that night, and I I said, Lord, you know what I need. You have the best planned out for me. You have the best. You have the supply. You have the strength. You have the grace. You have the wisdom. You, You could ride me right through all those little cloud pockets and never get a drop on me. You have the wisdom. How do you do all that stuff? I don't know. I don't know, but God can do that. Lord, you have it. Now, after all of that, yesterday morning at 6.30, guess what happened? Boom! I'm awake. I'm awake. Now, I had prayed the night before, prayed in the Spirit, praying out the mysteries of God, but I went, man, and then, now, now watch this. You can't just be obedient. You've got to be willing too. And I was sitting there, and I was like, I don't want to wake up. Y'all ever been there? I don't want to wake up. I want to stay right here in this cozy bed. But then I got to thinking, I prayed the night before, and then I thought, I went to bed and fell asleep at like two. Why am I awake? Why am I awake? Well, guess who woke me up? I went, hmm, let me check the weather. I go to the phone, I check the weather, I'm right on the edge of the storm coming in. If I get up and get dressed now, I'm going to be right in front of it the whole way and I won't get soaked for hours. I might not be in the clouds coming over the mountains on wet roads. I said, all right, Lord, Lord, give me strength because I need it right then because I still didn't feel like getting out of the bed. I was like, Lord, i just pull on your supernatural strength. I never got tired, not one time. I, got, I was wet in the city. It rained on me in the city, probably because I took too long getting dressed because I looked like you know the Michelin man. And, uh, but that was probably my fault. But I was right in front of it the whole time, came home, beautiful ride, got here, And was good. It was awesome. It was great. Here's what I want. This doesn't sound like a spiritual story, but it was. It was a testimony. God, Because had I waited another hour, I would have been drenched. When you look at the weather, I would have been drenched in the middle of pouring rain going over the mountains, soaked on wet roads. Drenched. And God... Think about this. God gave me a supernatural strength. Normally if I have... Nicole can tell you, like, somehow she can manage on six or seven hours. I don't like that. I, I'm not the, I like eight hours at a minimum, right? That's me. I, if I don't have eight hours, I feel it. I didn't even feel it. That was supernatural. What I did was I said, Lord, there's a grace for me to have triumph today. And I draw on that grace. He gave me a supernatural strength just so I wouldn't get wet. Did you know he'll do the same thing for you? He'll flourish. Everything you need is within your grasp. We just have to take him by the hand and understand that he is a good God. He is very concerned about all the things going on in your life. The issue is this will we move to his place and be happy to do it? This is the place. The, he shows us how to live by his word will we take a step and change our thinking change the way we're doing things lord i let me plant myself here let me you know being planted at church is just a part of being in his will being in that right place being planted and and being a part of the vision that's just a part of it that's one of the things he's told us to do but everything he's ever told you to do he's empowered you to do it He's sitting there, come here, Mark, and, and just stand there and stand in the middle with your hand out to me. Jesus is standing there like that, but, but smile because you're Jesus. <laughs> and, and, and we know from a few weeks ago, we, I got to remind you. All right, he's standing there like this all the time. He's standing there. He's always leading us to triumph in Christ, in Christ. He's standing there waiting. You know, every Sunday morning, he's basically here, here, stand at the altar and put your hand out towards yeah, like toward them. He, every Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, he's like this. God's calling you. Hey, take all that garbage that you dealt with all week. Take it, drop it right here, and leave it. Walk away like it never happened. Confess it, repent of it. He stands like that every Sunday morning, every Monday morning, every Tuesday morning. You get up and say, Lord, I just give you this. Lord, I receive your strength. If I need to wake up, wake me up. He woke me up. Lord, show me what to do and I'll do it. I'm not only am I gonna be obedient, I'm gonna be willing. And when we as a people get like that, we'll be walking in the blessing all the time. He's waiting for us to go, oh, there's Jesus. There he is. Oh, I'll take you by the hand, Jesus. I'll take you by the hand. And he'll say, okay. And he'll lead me right to the triumph. Go ahead. He'll take me right to the triumph. I only have nowhere to go. You know, hey, look there. You know, I, I, he'll lead me right to the triumph. I just got to make sure I grab him and I don't let go. I'm going to do it his way. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. In Him, Acts 17, 28, In Him, we live. We have life to the full till it overflows. We move. We know where to go. How to get there? In Him, all we got to do is take him. The victory's over there. Hey, all we got to do is take him by the hand and see. He makes us look smart. Oh, there it is. Amen. Good job. All we got to do, he'll, he'll show us his ways. All we got to do is take him by the hand, don't let go. You, you realize, I mean, if you could actually see the video of us, like in heaven and what we, what we were doing versus what we thought we knew, and and you know, you ever been? It'd be like be like one of those things where we're like, ah, squirrel, squirrel, hey, hey! We're like one of those, you know, one of those kids that has no discipline in their life, but they got one of those leashes in the store, and they're like, ah, 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 ah. and we're we're all over the place. But praise God, we know how to hold on to Jesus' hand. He makes us look smart. He makes us look like we know what we're doing. But if you could actually see it in the Spirit, we're not, not quite there. And then, then all of a sudden we, we run up and, and He says, Hey, He's holding us by hand, Hey, pray for this person. We're like, oh, okay. And we pray for that person and they get healed. And then we're like, Look at us. I have arrived. If you could have seen it in the Spirit, we're like, All over the place. He makes us look smart, even where we don't know what we think we know. If we'll just take Jesus by the hand, he's like the, he's the one that helps bring us up to par. He's the one who fills in the gap. Spiritually, we're just beginning, honestly. We see more power of God. We see people healed here pretty much every week. All the time. We see souls saved. Over 600 now for the year. In a year where it's still like people are running with so many lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. That's individuals winning souls. And this, what I want you to see is that, yeah, we're doing some stuff, but we, we don't know everything Jesus knows. And when we humble ourselves to that and we just take Him by the hand, even when we don't know what to do, if we just know to grab a hold of Him. If we just know He's within my grasp. He's within my grasp. Even when we feel like we don't know enough. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says this, Believe that you have received. In the Greek language, it means take it. You, you, Phil, will you come here real quick? You know, let's say that I'm trying to get Phil a blessing. And I say, here, Phil, take it.
1: <laughs>
0: now, see, if I held it without out of his grasp, how unjust am I? See, for for God to say, hey, take this and then keep it out of our grasp, it's within our grasp. It's unjust for Him to tell us to take something by faith and then keep it out of our reach. No, if God, just by Him saying that and knowing that He is absolute love, we know that it's like this. Right in our reach. Everything you need is within your grasp. It is finished. Thank you. It is finished finished everything's within her reach everything is within her grasp look at these two verses John chapter 3 and verse 16 you ever heard this one verse 16 and 17 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life That doesn't mean eternal life that starts when we go to heaven. Eternity is eternity now. You'll have life in eternity now. It's within your grasp. Verse 17, for God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. What he did was he put himself and his hand within our grasp This is eternal life, John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is this, to be in a fellowship with the Father. To be in a fellowship with the Father. Mark, will you come back? This is eternal life. Stand up there again. This is eternal life. That when he's standing there with his blessings and a smile on his face... If you don't know it, we had a picture the other day and Mark was up here and he looked like he was on trial. And I was like, we got to change that. When, when he's standing there, all we have to do, he says, look, I made this available not to condemn you, but to save you. Yeah. You know, the devil will make you feel like coming to an altar or giving your life to Jesus or committing to him even publicly is the worst thing Ever. And that's not really what's going on. If you could see in the Spirit, you'd see a Savior waiting for you to come to the right place and saying, if you'll just come to me and come to my ways, I'll make everything right. It's within your grasp. It just takes a step of faith. Lord, I believe that when I grab a hold of you, I'll have everything I need. I'll have the healing that I need. I'll have the provision. You'll save me from lack. You'll save me from tragedy. You'll save me from all of these things. Lord, whatever it is I need, it's within my grasp. You wouldn't have told me to take hold of it if if you were holding it where I couldn't reach it. No, it's within my grasp by faith. Everything, Jesus, remember his words in, in John. It is finished. It literally means The price is paid in full to save you from whatever you need saving from, to empower you in whatever you need empowering. Everything you need is within his grasp. Within your grasp, it's simply a step of faith that says, Lord, I'll do it. I'll come to you, and I'll do it your way. And in Matthew 16, we see, he says, come to me. The word is not listen to me only. It's inferred. It's listen, but then come. Step out. Do something about it. Put some action with your faith. Listen and come to me. And then he says, take my yoke upon you. Not like an egg yoke, but like a yoke with farm farm animals where they plow. He says, look, I'm going to have you doing work but when you do it my way, it'll be easy. When you do it my way, it'll be light. When you you go in here, it'll be easy. When, When you drive home from the mountains in the rain, it won't be hard. Oh, he cares about that? Yes, of course he cares about that. He even knows how many hairs you have on your head. I don't know that about myself, nor do I care. But God does. He knows. He cares. He's got it all figured out. It's within our grasp. We just have to take Him by the hand because in Him we live and move and have our being. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Everything you need is within his grasp. Everything you need. Wow, I thought we had some bass coming through one of the audio lines. Everything you need is within his grasp. It's within your grasp. Everything you need. I want you to close your eyes right now. I just want you to think about it. What is it that you need? What is it that you need? Not Not even... What you need, but what are some of the things that you want? Like, I didn't need to ride home dry yesterday, but I sure desired it. Some of you have some major things in front of you that you you need them fixed. You need peace on it. You need joy over it. start receiving it right now by faith he tells us apply faith to it which means confess it believe in your heart for his promise don't doubt so I want to believe and not doubt double minded man is unstable in all of his ways I don't want to be unstable I want the stability of God Lord that you're so good I don't have to worry about this And I take it by faith. I receive it spiritually right now. I have it spiritually. I'm taking those things. I'm taking your wisdom. I'm taking your healing. I take it right now. I receive it. It's within your grasp. I just got to take you by the hand. I want to do it and be willing and obedient. I don't want to just go through the motions. But I want to be willing as well. You may need to deal with your heart over that. Maybe even something today that is God. You may have taken offense. Well, why is he talking about that? You may have taken offense over it. That's not me. I don't even know a situation like that personally. That's the Holy Spirit pointing that out. So take the time to deal with your heart. And, and I'll, I'll mention this altar again. The altar by itself is not Jesus, but it does represent a coming to the Lord. Lord, I need your help. And, and I, want, I want you to see something. Coming to the altar is not just meant for when you're broken. You can be in great victory, but you still need His help to go to the next place of increase. So just because somebody comes to the altar doesn't mean they're broken. It could be they're very triumphant and going to the next triumph because they see I can't do it without Jesus. So don't let coming to the altar be a badge of shame. It should be a badge of triumph. Lord, I'm going to places I can't go by myself. I'm going to places you're taking me to. This is my year of increase in Jesus' name. This is my year of increase. I'm receiving your healing. I'm receiving your comfort. Lord, I'm coming to you. And all of these blessings, they start at one place, at the cross. Nobody here is entitled to one blessing of God unless he comes to Jesus. Nothing manifested unless we know Jesus. And even after we know Jesus, if our fellowship is broken or off, it can severely restrict the flow of the anointing of God, the manifestation of God in our lives. Severely restrict it. This morning I, I invite you, come to Jesus, come to his altar, receive his salvation it's within your grasp just take it by faith Lord I need your help I'm going places just say that with me say Jesus I need your help I'm going places are you are you sure about it (laughs) say it with me one more time Jesus I need your help I'm going places places I can't go without you thank you Father for your goodness and your mercy I invite every person that needs to come and come talk to the Lord at this altar some some days I'll minister to you directly and some days you just need to take time with your Savior just between you and him if you're desiring prayer for healing in your body or provision in your finances or supernatural protection, whatever it is, if you're desiring me to pray for you, lay hands on you, just stand up here and I'll come pray for you. Father, right now, we just praise you. We worship you. I invite you. Everybody keep your head bound for just a second. If that's you today and you're saying, Lord, I need your help. I need my relationship to be where it should be. I just invite you right now as a step of faith raise your hand right where you are Lord I need to go to a different place with you Amen I see that I see that I see that keep it up for just a second just so I can see him I see that Amen Amen Amen. Lord I need your help I need your supernatural I see that Along with everybody else Specifically, if you raised your hand, I want you to come and stand. I want to pray with you. Just stand, form a line. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Just line them up beside Priscilla in this way. Thank you, Lord. It's within your grasp. Do you understand that when you take a step of faith today, raise your hand, step out. When you take that step of faith, You're grabbing a hold of something supernatural, of something powerful. And God is not going to be denied. He said, oh, I see my child, and they're reaching for me. I see my child, and they truly need help. They're not just crying. They need help, and they are desiring it. What does any loving parent do in that moment? (laughs) Scoops them up. We have a picture of that in the Bible in the story of the prodigal son. son had all messed up. He had done it all wrong. He had messed it all up. What do we see from the father? When he sees the son coming, he runs, grabs him, hugs him, pours out his love on him, put put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger. And that son stepped right back into the inheritance of God. That's for you today. No matter who you are, where you've been, today is the day the supernatural happens in your life. We see it again, I think it's John chapter 8, and the adulterous woman. Religion is about to kill people. Religion is wanting to stone some people. Break out the rocks. But Jesus, acting on behalf of His Father, He never did anything, but what He saw the Father do, He never said anything, but what He heard the Father say. Receive this for yourself right now. as you Just hear this. Hear this. Hear this. Here's what the Father said to that sin. Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. In other words, take on the grace that I have for you and live by my supernatural power. Don't don't live by what you think you've got to do or how the world has taught you. You can live wholly by faith. By faith. Just like with with the ride back from the mountains yesterday, I decided, Lord, I need your grace. I need your power to help me. If I'm feeling like doing something I shouldn't be doing, if I get an idea or a thought that I've got to put down, I'll start praying in the Spirit. It's one of the powers of praying in tongues. I'll start praying in the Spirit. I'll confess, I hate sin. I love righteousness. And I have the anointing of God to help me. You can can walk holy by faith. Because God will empower, it, empower you and strengthen you. So I want everybody in here today, I want you to pray this with me just right now. Just say, Jesus. Pick that up a little bit. Jesus, right now, I receive your grace. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. Whatever you show me, this is the path. I'll walk on it. You're the director. You call the shots and I will be obedient. I believe you died for me and I believe that God brought you back to life. And I want you to hear this part specifically. Say it with me. And Lord... When you raised up Jesus, you didn't leave me in that grave. You didn't leave me in that place of death. Now just think about this. Then where did He take you? If it's not the place of death, where did He raise you to? (laughs) He raised you out of death to go into life and life in abundance to the full till it overflows in Jesus' name. It's within your grasp right now. Do you receive it? Say, Lord, I take fullness of life by faith. I have it now. It's helping me. My relationship, my fellowship with you, it's helping me now to walk like you in this world. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I ask you, Fill me, overflow me with the Holy Spirit and fire in Jesus' name. Now just receive. Raise your hands and just receive right now. He's pouring out on you. Thank you, Lord. Soho parada karamos ba Now when I pray for you and I lay hands on you, I want you right then just receive what it is that you needed. Thank you, Father, for an overflow of your anointing. For an overflow of your grace. Yeah, supernatural help in your life now in Jesus' name. Supernatural wisdom, supernatural strength, supernatural ability to tell the flesh no. Oh, glory to God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. <laughs> you take that hold of that grace like I took hold of it yesterday. But you take it, take a hold of it in every area of life. Lord, I'm gonna lean on you. I'm gonna do it your way. I'm gonna be willing and obedient. And I will eat the good of the land. In Jesus' name. It's not just talking about food. It's talking about every blessing of God. Whoo! Daniel, I'm going to take hold of your grace. I'm going to take hold of your grace. In Jesus' name, just receive it right now. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing and your overflow. In Jesus' name. Lord, fill him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Supernaturally overflow in Jesus' name name. Supernatural help come in now. Thank you Father. I see a life of frustration. Lord I want to go after you. I want to go after you. I want to go after you but never feeling like you fully got there. But I, I hear the Lord say this. Those days are over in Jesus name. You'll be a light for me. You'll be a light like you've longed to be before. You'll be a light for me, and you'll walk with me in Jesus' name. Those things so? Thank you, Lord. Oh, say, Lord, I receive in Jesus' name. Do you sense that anointing on you, pouring in you? What does it feel like? (laughs) <laughs> yeah just receive all of it say Lord I receive it now to help me in Jesus name don't fill him Lord from the top of his head to the soles of his feet out of his belly will flow rivers of living water he loves you he loves you he sees you he sees all of it from the day you were born till now he sees all of you and he still says I love you I love you. I got great plans for your life to give you a future and a hope. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, sir. Nice to meet you. Yeah, supernatural hell. Mom, will you come here? Come right here. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for you first. Just raise your hands. Say, Lord, right now I receive. You're helping me. (laughs) You're pouring out on my family and in my life. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you for it. Just thank him for what he's doing. He's doing even more than you know. In Jesus' name. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Overflow. Lord, bring about that supernatural help now. You already have it flowing in you, in your life and in your family. Thank you, Lord, for an overflow. In Jesus' name. Yeah, right now. Lord, bring help now. In Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. That's fine. Hope in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father, for your anointing. Breaking every yoke. And your love poured out. When you decided to step out of your chair this morning, you set up an appointment with a father that loves you beyond what your logical brain can know. He loves you so much, it goes beyond. you got to receive it almost supernaturally. And his help is coming into you and your life now. In Jesus' name. Say, Lord, I receive it. I receive it. supernatural wisdom and strength in Jesus' name. It's within your grasp. It's within your grasp. <laughs> It's within your grasp. Oh, you're grabbing a hold of it on a different level now. It's within your grasp. It's within your grasp. It's within your grasp. Every bit of it. Everything you need on the on the journey to run the race. It's within your grasp. One second. One second. One second. Let me pray with you strengthen them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let them be filled with all of your love and your glory and your power in Jesus' name. And overflow. One of the things, I, very simple, I think the Lord wanted you to see that anointing wasn't just a one time touch. When I prayed again. You felt it come on you again. Oh, Frakanamosto. Thank you, Lord, for your healing and your overflow. He loves you. Thank you. He loves you. Amen. Yes, sir. So Kofre te cara mosto. Who ho Fredicanos kabadi Kabodion Tadabos? Hate on sami atarodozo prana ato ko shivi. I see. You step into a different level. I see you letting go of things of the past. I see it almost like a clasp. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Hold on, hold on, don't, don't yet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you ever uh, shot a compound bow. They have a trigger release, and it holds on to the cord. And I see where there was, it looked like this is going to be knit to my life forever. But you didn't realize Jesus had his finger on the trigger, and it, you were just he was waiting for you to come up and say, it's time to let it go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Blessing be. Thank you, Father, for an overflow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Sodom, go pelum, capo no cobo, totaboso, poto, cotobos, bread cana osivete, danamoso, teded, tedamoso, totaboso, soboso. Now, right now, you just here you go, whoo, whoo, whoo. In Jesus' name, Shocavo, drop Say, Lord, say, Lord, I take hold of your joy. In new ways, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You'll grab a hold of the grace in new ways. You'll see it empower you to do things that were frustrating and irritating before. And, and it'll be so that you're like, this wasn't as big of a deal as what I thought it was, but you also see it take you to new places of supernatural grace, supernatural graces, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just raise your hands. Lord, just say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive. And I grab hold of everything you have for me. In Jesus' name. Go parana a diosopo parano. Yeah, let your anointing overflow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. De de do hambara o te brokulomo. Bename kodobosobo. Bada o kofredi. Kostaba. Bemaroma neantini. Harabosobo. Say, Lord, I receive (laughs) in Jesus' name. I grab hold of every blessing in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for filling her with your grace and your strength. Fill her, Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Strengthen her. Multiply your grace and mercy in Jesus' name. So did I just receive? Thank you, Father. See, as it goes back to the willingness and obedience, you want to be obedient, but then there will be those pieces of the flesh that doesn't want to be willing. And that'll stop it from being everything you want it to be. But when you just turn to the Lord and say, okay. You remember that message? Okay. And you just say, Lord, okay. And you get that in your heart. Everything changes. Okay. Say it with me. Say, okay. Say, okay, Lord. See how simple that is? Now, look. Did you feel that change? Okay, Lord. Say it again. Okay, Lord. Just say it again. Make it between you and him. Yeah. Filled with all grace. All grace. I see him strengthening your arms with his power and grace, doing things that you didn't think you could do stepping into things that you didn't think you were even worthy of. But I see him lifting you up to a new place as you also say okay to the Lord. You'll grab hold of a supernatural strength and you'll do things with him and for him that you didn't even think were possible. You didn't even think were possible. But when you understand... That with God, all things are possible. And you turn your heart and your faith and you step out into them, you'll find that the strength will be there and it'll be the most real thing you've ever seen. Amen. Amen. So, on the of Even more things the Lord will show you how to walk with more power and to walk with more efficiency and productivity. Obviously, if you're not walking in it now, it's things that you don't know yet. Things you're not even uh, maybe supposed to know based off of where you've been and what you've seen and done. Ha, ha, ha. But the Lord desires to bring you up to a place quicker than normal. Just hold them up. Yeah. Just thank you, Lord, to bring you up to a place quicker than normal, quicker than other people get there. But it goes along with how you'll reach out and grab it by faith. Lord, suhotarama. let them see so clearly what is your will and what isn't. Let it be changed. Let his thinking go to new levels. Let him ditch some of the old. See it as new. I just declare right now in Jesus' name, this day... You won't see things the same anymore. They will be different. You'll look at things in a different way. Thank you, Father. You'll look at things in a different way. You'll look at things with a higher maturity. You'll look at things with a higher thought. You'll look at things with a higher sight. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And he'll empower you, and he'll give you the grace to walk it all out. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, say, Lord, I draw on your grace. I need it. That's true for everybody, not just her. I need it. Say, I need it too. More than I thought. Put your hand on your belly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Everything you need Is within your grasp. Everything you need is within your grasp. Everything you need is within your grasp. Just take Jesus by the hand and watch what He has for you. So, I know this is your favorite thing, (laughs) but I I know the Lord's telling you. You need to step out more when he's drawing you. He's drawing you, and, and the devil's trying to get you to stop. But there's something that happens uh, in a prayer of faith and that anointing being imparted, okay? So just act on that. God will give you strength. Just like right here, you did it because I told you to. But you could have done it by yourself. Amen? Just raise your hands. In Jesus' name. ho ho ha locals. Lord, let her be anointed from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Let her walk in it. Let her be fulfilled in your anointing. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Just say, Lord, I receive everything you have for me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. More grace. More grace. More grace. Thank you, Father. I just come against attacks in her family and in their bodies, Lord. I come against them. Everything the devil has planned come to nothing but also just in relationships. Thank you, Father, that relationships are healed and they are sealed by the Holy Ghost. And I thank you for it, Father. Whether you've seen them already or whether it's something the devil had planned to come out, I come against it now. I plead the blood of Jesus over every relationship in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus over everybody now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's within your grasp. It's within your grasp. It's within your grasp. Just close your eyes and get that. It's within my grasp. If it wasn't, he wouldn't have told me to take it. It's within my grasp. Lord, I just take it now. bosom. I'm reminded, you know the story, of the uh, time I prayed uh, for the friend. And I had a very serious command prayer. You know the story. And uh, God showed up at his house. You remember that? Yes. You need to go back to that. Have I told you that before? Yes. Specifically. He's reminded me of it again. Not the story, but told you this. Oh, no, not okay. Go back, go back and review that story again. Think on that. Meditate on that. And apply it in your prayer. It's within your grasp. In Jesus' name. It's within your grasp. It's within your grasp. It's within your grasp. grasp. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 we got to get some different music playing. Ho, ho, tororoso toroboso. Not right now, you can just leave it, just turn it off. I hope that was quick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, wow. Ho, ho, pre de caribeste. Do pra na otaromo, pre de caribosso. Do pra barobosti be, edede, edecaribosso. Not that it's bad, it just takes people to a somber place, and I don't always want somber, so everybody's like, "This now, we don't want that, so girlfriend best, do you have it? Is it within your grasp? Yes. Do you receive from that? Yes. Whose life was changed today? Yes. Are you grabbing a hold of it? Yes. You making it yours? Yes. Yeah, good. you're making it yours. Yes. you're making it yours? Yes. <laughs> Just close your eyes for a second. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you and we worship you and we receive everything you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I know you have announcements and have something. One thing I want to say about the announcements. Two weeks... um, Felt like I was, I didn't feel like I was about to sneeze, but it sounded like I was about to sneeze. <laughs> In two weeks, uh, we're going to have a special offering uh, for ICCF. Uh, we have a couple of special offerings each year. One's for the Pregnancy Resource Center, and one is for ICCF. And um, so, just seek the Lord. Seek what the Lord would have you to give. If you went to the leadership training uh, last weekend, uh, how many people were blessed by that? Were you blessed by it? Huh? Were you blessed by it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were, and uh, it was really powerful, uh, really powerful. There was about three hundred people there, and uh, they just sewed into them. They didn't take up an offering, sewed into over forty pastors and all of the people. And uh, that's what they do. They help build churches. Actually, our leadership team got to experience something this week that they don't always get to. The, the the training uh, through ICCF that we have received as a church allows us to do much more than what a lot of churches our size do. And uh, what we saw this week, we actually got to talk to a pastor that's been on a Zoom call or a, a FaceTime call. And uh, he's been ministering for about two years. And he and his wife sat there in tears as the Lord just poured out into them the leadership and his grace into them, and they got to be a part of what ICCF has actually done in our church and in our church body and in theirs. If you understand what I'm talking about, then you you know. If you don't, you should ask me, what is it that they do exactly? And they basically will just help pastors and help churches to walk in everything that God's called them to walk in, and they don't ask for a dime. They don't ask for anything. Um, it's been that way ever since we've been apart. They just want to help. So what we do is about once a year is we take up an offering. And so just ask the Lord two weeks from today on the 14th uh, what the Lord would have you to give to that and to sow into that. When you sow into that, you're not just sowing into one church. You're, you're sowing into literally thousands of churches and pastors and ask the Lord what he would have you to sow over and above your normal tithes and offerings. And whatever he says to do, just do that. The Lord will give you. And if he says, let's say that he says, I want you to give $10,000, right? Then, and it's a lot, and it's more than you have in the bank account. Then what you just say is, well, if you told me to do it, then I'm asking you for the grace to put it in my hand. And uh, the Lord is accountable to that. So if he's asking you, don't shrink away because you don't have something, say, Lord, what is it you want me to give? And then believe God to put seed in the hands of a sower. Amen. I turned it over. I know you all got some other announcements, but I wanted to announce that
2: one. Okay, I've got business stuff, but before I do, it's Pastor Appreciation Sunday. (laughs) Amen. So I'm going to get out of the way as soon as I can, but I do have some announcements for you. First is Youth Tonight at 4 p.m. Youth, you had a week off last week, so if you were in grade 6 through 12, be here tonight and expect the power of God to be on display. It's going to be phenomenal. Impact is back in person this Tuesday at 6 p.m. If you are not yet a part of Impact, you can be. It's not too late to sign up and enroll and be a part of what God is doing. For those of you who may or may not know, Impact University is a fully accredited university that we do here in-house, fully accredited You get a legit degree, associates, bachelors, masters. It's phenomenal. You grow leaps and bounds. So if you are interested in growing in the things of God, see me afterwards, and I'll get you some info on that. Life groups are back this week. Guys, clocks are falling back next week. So make sure that you do what you need to do, so that way you show up on time. Amen. Say, I will show up on time. (laughs) I won't be late. I might be early. Oh, you all said it. That was so nice. We're all going to be early. That was great. (laughs) Holy Spirit weekend is in two weeks, November 12th through the 14th. We're going to have prayer night that Friday night, soul winning Saturday on Saturday, and then Holy Spirit service Sunday. And if you would like more preaching and teaching like what took place here this morning, you can get that each and every single weekday by going to whatsright.com. And we have a daily broadcast that we put out. So for more teaching like this, go there. But I'm going to hand this over to Mr. Mark. But before I do, we love y'all. I'm not talking. The ELT is not talking today. But we love you. We honor you. And you don't know all of this, but everybody else did. We did surprise time while you were gone that Sunday. Service week that we did two weeks ago was in honor of pastors. We took care of the house that they have been gifted by God to shepherd. So... All the things that have been done, that's in honor of y'all, because we love you. All the souls that we won to the Lord this month, in honor of you. So the push that you've seen, that's been because we esteem what the vision of the house is and the gifts that you are. So that being said, Mr. Mark, and then Mr. Kevin.
1: I didn't write this. (laughs) Amy's not here. She's doing a wedding, but she wanted me to do this in honor of y'all, and us. I'm sure you'll love it, but um, it's a, uh, this is what she wrote. Our pastor is a sweetheart, a sweet tart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For everything he or she does, he is always there to pick up the pieces. <laughs> And answer our whatchamacallit. call uh, it. Our whatchamacallit. call it. Sometimes we act like airheads or nerds. And they probably think we're from the Milky Way. But you've made a mounds of difference in our lives. Thank you for getting us in double mint condition for heaven. And thanks for making us... Smarties, (laughs) you deserve a hundred (laughs) grand every payday. (laughs) You will always be in our hearts now and later. Thank you, guys. We love
0: you. That was awesome. That was different. Yeah. <laughs> you just made my wife's day. <laughs> just, just oh, you're going to share all yours with
3: her? Is that yeah. what's happening
0: here? No, all those all those corny references. Just There's like more to come. Over here more, enjoy. more, less
3: to come. Trust me. If, if, if you don't mind, leave your candy there for a second and come on up here with me?
0: <laughs> we got overflowing.
3: Abundance, abundance, abundance. This, this is the way I figured it would go better too because I, I didn't want to stand next to pastor and he's so short. So this, this works.
0: She wore heels today. No, you're good. You're, good.
3: You're, you're closer than he is. Well, I'm okay, so uh, I have the honor, and I am honored to even be up here standing with you guys. I I have expectation, so I brought these. (laughs) You get the clean ones. I got the used ones earlier. I had used ones, so um, maybe the Lord will just give me grace, and I'll be okay, and I won't blubber all over the place, Um, but uh, Yes. There's more to come for you than that. Uh, we as a congregation, without question, uh, are blessed to have you as our pastors. And I know everybody here has, has stories and experience of God using you, both of you, in their life. To to bring them up and, and bless them and uh, in some cases help them to walk again where it was hard before uh, and God has used you in in miraculous ways in just simple words of wisdom um, sometimes and I'll, I I get to do this so it's sometimes it's going to be a little personal to me that every once in a while we have a conversation and I hear the word K. <laughs> if anybody here has had the K, let me hear it, let me see it. <laughs> K. I appreciate that, and it, as much as you're you're talking here today about you know my flesh doesn't like it, but my spirit loves it, and my future depends on it. Um, that has been my experience, my life here, uh, being planted in this church as yeah. you as you are my pastors. Sometimes sometimes even how you say it uh, it hurts sometimes. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes I I don't need to feel better about it. I don't need to feel like it's what I want to hear. Yeah. You know, as a parent, sometimes the right thing is not comfortable. And that's totally good. Totally good. Yeah. I am not where I was when I first stepped into this church.
0: Yeah.
3: I am I'm am much Farther down the road to where God wants me to be, and all of us can have that same, same yeah. confession. Yeah. We've all seen that. We've all been there. And, and like you said a little earlier, you know, we, we all have places we can come up, yeah. and we can all grow without question. And we are blessed by you. We are blessed by your service to the Lord, your constant dedication, your willingness to share your time, your family, your energy, your energy your resources, the cool and fun tools that we get to use here at church. (laughs) I'm a little bit of a geek, so I enjoy that more than anybody. Um, The opportunity to serve alongside you has been a huge blessing. And we we really want to bless you. I I have something just for Pastor Nicole. Trust me, it's just for Pastor Nicole. (laughs) How many pastors does it take to change a light bulb? None, because if they do it right... They shine the light. (laughs) See what I did there with the right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I tried. I tried. I got as corny as I could. It was just for her. So, as as a congregation, we want to bless you with this gift. It's it's nowhere near what if we could we would. I mean, if if we could we would give you that. $100,000 $100,000 every, <laughs> every week, okay? And, and I receive specifically what you preach today about making $500 million a year. Amen. I'm, you know? Amen. Anybody else?
0: Yeah.
3: Okay. We honor our pastors. So, oh, yeah, yeah. guys, we give thanks to God. Yeah. This is not about a man, not about a woman, but this is about what God is doing through them. So give thanks to God. Let me hear it.
0: Yeah. And we are blessed. Amen. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Well, you know, it's, uh, I was telling, where's William? Is he in the back? I was telling him this week, um, that there was a decision I made years ago, and um, my flesh wanted to go do something. I had the honor of going someplace that I thought was a high honor, and the Lord told me to turn it down. And that was that was years ago, years ago. And uh, in the process, the path led here. Had I gone that direction, I wouldn't be standing here. And uh, I don't believe I don't I don't believe I would have been standing here. And uh, then the Lord took me into the Marines and then running a company and then moving to Albemarle and then starting a media company, which we use all the time here, and uh, to starting a church called Boomerang 13 years ago in January, and um, in our house with 10 people. And uh, the Lord's doing great and mighty things, and we're just getting started. And uh, it is uh, Pastor Nicole and I's high honor To be able to serve you. And uh, we just appreciate you so very much. And, um, you know, there are times of frustration in anything that you do, and I've definitely had my times of frustration. But I also want you to understand this that, because I think almost every one of us at some point stands in front of uh, the gift that we have as a pastor, and we stand in front of them and go, like, Oh, I think I was that frustration or I was that irritation. And we all generally are at some point. And, uh, but I want you to know something. When a, when a pastor is doing it right and operating by the grace of God, not just in his natural strength, God gives them a grace. Yeah. Even when you feel like you've dropped the ball the most, God gives you a grace. And you see that in Luke chapter 2 when he says this. You know, the world basically was going to hell in a handbasket. But God had made a prophecy to send his son. And in the middle of that he says uh, "He says great news, you know, good news of great joy to all the people. Then he says this, with whom he's pleased. And it's like how in the world could Jesus be ple- How could God be pleased with mankind at that point? But he was through Christ. He made a way. And I just, today as soon as he finished saying what he was saying, thank you, Kevin. That was awesome. And I really appreciate your poem. Even though that's not my humor, it's my wife's. And I know she loved it. And uh, it made me happy. And I was really impressed. That was quite, that was impressive. So uh, thank you for all of that cheesiness. But um, I really, when I sat up here, I really felt like this is that every one of us at times have missed it and felt like we've missed it and you felt like you've been that irritation or you've been that weight or you've been that... And I want you to know this. In God, there is a supernatural grace to carry things that you couldn't carry normally. That may have... You know, irritations that may have sunk me as a man, but walking with the power of God, it didn't sink. And together, we get to go forward together and we get to... Set our hand to the plow together and see a harvest of souls and the kingdom of God come forth. And I want you to know I'm not sitting up here uh, irritated with you all at all. I'm, I'm really, really pleased. And uh, it, it warms my heart to get to be with you each week and it blesses us very much and we appreciate everything that you do and all the people that poured out in the last few weeks working on the grounds and the building and the and coming up with poems and and giving gifts and all of that it it's just been amazing and just here and now finding out about the souls were a part of that too uh, that really really blesses me cuz those are people that'll be with us in heaven and they won't they won't be suffering for eternity and that, that is truly the heartbeat of who we are and the heartbeat of God. And uh, I just thank you so much. And uh, I celebrate and I praise God that he's given me the opportunity to pastor and that you guys are the ones that are here. And I look forward. We have other members that are coming. And other people that are going to be blessed and their lives are going to change and go higher and be healed and be soul winners and disciple makers. And you're going to get to help disciple them. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready. It's within our grasp. Let's grab a hold of it. Amen. We love you so very much. Thank you.
2: Amen. So we are going to wrap up the service, but the hospitality team also put together just some special treats and things there out in the foyer. You are welcome to them. You're welcome to stay in fellowship for a little bit as we wrap stuff up. But we love you. And Father, I thank you. As we leave this service today, Lord, I thank you that not only have you honored us, but you've honored our gifts. And as we honor our gifts, I thank you that it shall be well with us. Let this be for Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole, their best year in ministry yet. May it exceed every expectation that they have because you are a God who is capable, able, and faithful to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we could ever ask or think. So Lord, as we honor our shepherds, I thank you that we praise you ahead of time, that it's going higher and better with us. You are good, you are kind, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.